Sacramento has a new tag team in the midday. It's Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by Brandon Gustafson at 1.15 and 15 minutes. Seahawks rider for Seattle Sports to talk all things Pete Carroll, just one of the legendary coaches that will not be coaching either at all or where he was previously coaching. That is in 15 minutes. There is a new piece out for you Giants fans out there by our guy, Frankie Cardicelli. We know he likes his Yankees, but he can talk some baseball now. He has a piece out there about the Giants' interest in Marcus Stroman. I think that would be a great pickup. Of course you do. And, you know, Chris, excuse me? (laughs) What what is the problem, Chris? Why do you keep saying I like Marcus Stroman? (laughs) He's just your type. He's your. What does that mean? Come on, Alan. What do you mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Come on, Alan. We know you got a type, you know? I have a type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, know, and what is my type? Uh, I'm really bad at conversion, so I'll just say the uh, the under six foot variety. I was gonna give like centimeter, but you know, huh, hmm. huh, huh? Yeah, you never realized that about yourself. <laughs> I mean, I like Kyler Murray. <laughs> you did like Kyler Murray. I like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, a lot of Marcus heart. Strowman, a lot of heart. Russell, like Wilson. you said, height doesn't height doesn't measure heart. That's <laughs> I bet Marcus you would have taken up. Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Oh, definitely. I, I would have to. I would have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyler Murray changed the game, people. Yeah. Yeah. He changed the Come game. On. First round pick in two spots. All right, who Come else on. is there? Come on. I was a big Dustin Pedroia guy, and at that point, <laughs> I didn't even you actually. I mean, I hey, at local. That, I, at that point, Woodland. I didn't even know I was done growing. Yeah. I just, I, I just assume. It's <laughs> a natural connection. I just I don't, don't like your tone. <laughs> I just don't like, and I definitely don't like your tone, Kyle. Kyle walks in. Oh, my brother's six five. Kyle, no one asks you. <laughs> Nobody, nobody was, at all. That was four hours ago. You're it was still, still on my mind because you just you just threw it out there. I didn't have my coffee yet. That was four hours ago. Uh, I don't want to hear it. All right, fans. <laughs> yeah, booing. Yeah, and the reaction to the boos. We have some sound. We have a couple of different sounds. Let's get to the sound from Steph Curry first, and then we will hear from the hotter one with Clay Thompson and kind of get our takes on everything. Let's hear from Steph first when he was asked about the booing. Kyle's working on it. Yeah, that's the sound of uh, Golden or, of Chase Center. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it because I don't want to be prisoners of the moment and understand, you know, we're, we're obviously struggling. There's nothing to really cheer about. So obviously the cheering is booing. Might as well. Um, I don't take it any certain type of way. Honestly, I'm booing myself, booing our our you know team in my head because of the way we're playing. So you know it is what it is. Fans are going to react the way that they want. Um, it's our job to you know give them something to cheer about. And we have not done that. I'm out there booing myself. Wow. Is a a bar. Yeah. It's more of a it's can a we sad get a graphic bar. with that? Please? Yeah, it's, it's it's a very <laughs> sad bar, but it is a bar. Let's hear Where now. So that's Steph Curry, and you know we were just applauding Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That's another blowout where they went out. By the way, it wasn't Moses Moody or somebody like that. Now let's hear from Clay Thompson, who was also asked about the booing. To the last two home games, obviously you're not used to that. Um, how do you care. how do you handle that? Are you supposed to lose sleep over it? So that made a lot of people 
upset. Clay Thompson, I don't even know how many <laughs> millions he's worth. You spend your hard-earned money. And the question really became, I saw, I saw a couple different takes on social media. I saw these guys brought you four championships in eight years. How can you boo these dudes? I saw people mad at Clay Thompson for the way he reacted. And then right. obviously everybody, Clay or Steph Curry says the right thing. We were going through our, you know, our breakdown of the show today, and we are talking with Kyle. And Kyle then says that he thinks that booing is whack. Okay. Yeah. And I felt like booing is not whack to me. Okay. If you want to say, oh, you shouldn't boo these guys because of what they brought you, I guess that's a take. Right. But the Kings were getting booed, and the Kings haven't won anything in forever. So right. I think. If you spend your hard-earned money... Equal opportunity. If you spend your hard-earned money and someone isn't up to snuff and you're getting embarrassed, yes. that's the line. Not losing, not down by 10. Embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Then the, and that also means you have expectations. Yeah. Are they even booing in Detroit? Are they even no, booing in not, Charlotte? No, Why no, would they waste no their time booing? Because there's no... They're going to get tired. There's Exactly. They'd lose their voice, honestly, right. because there's no expectation. So that's where I'm at with booing. I don't think... I don't think that Clay meant it in a bad way. No. I don't think he meant it like I'm rich and you're not. But it kind of sounded like that. It kind of sounded like why yeah, am I definitely. supposed to lose sleep? Am I supposed to lose sleep because some, right. some peasants don't like me? Exactly. That's yeah. how it sounded. But I don't think that that's how Clay no. meant it. No. And I think most people knew that. But it did sound bad. It All sounded right. really bad. I want to. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from Kyle. I want to hear from. Everybody listening as well. Where are you at with booing? Honestly, I'm booing myself. I'm booing myself. (laughs) I mean, I think it's fine for sure. Like, I think even, you know, like you said, like, you know, regardless of whether they want to hear it or not, like sports are entertainment and fans are paying money to go, you know, think of think of the arena no different than a, a movie theater or something like that. If you see a movie you don't like, something corny, something cringe happens, you're going to boo the movie or you're yeah. going to walk out. You boo in a movie theater? You could if the movie's you bad enough, you man. feel like it. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, even – I don't even think there's anything wrong with booing good teams, too. Again, if you feel like... They boo the the Eagles every other week. If you feel like the team you're watching isn't living up to the expectations that you feel like you should have for them, like even the 73-win Warrior team with KD and and all those stars, Mm -hmm. if I go to a Warriors home game and I see them, you know, struggling to beat the Sacramento Kings at that time, I'm probably going to boo. I'm going to say, look, I paid my good mm. money to see Kevin Durant drop 50 yeah. on the Kings, okay? Not struggle against, you know, Travis Outlaw, okay? Mm. And and so I, I think <laughs> it's totally fine. I think as as someone who paid, like you said, their hard-earned money and to in sit the bay? there and watch. And in the Bay? If you ain't happy in the Bay, sitting through traffic, that's how you choose to spend your money, nah, I've got no problem with it. I will say, if anything, there should be a level of respect for, hey, this team brought me ex- like the Patriots. The Patriots should not boo Bill Belichick for a losing season because of everything he brought them. Mm-hmm. You can maybe boo Bel- Bill Belichick for winning too many games and ruining your draft pick if right. you want. But I-, I think that you're you're well in your right to boo if the performance you're watching isn't up to the level that you know uh, that those performers are are capable of performing at. Yeah, and I saw a lot of oh well. 
these are new Warrior fans, and they don't get it. We were in the struggle. You probably booed back then, and you don't want to go back to the struggle. Yeah. Kyle, look, man, we want to hear from you. We want to hear the yes, other side. You do? Yes, we wow. do. Wow. Okay, so I just like I said to you guys earlier, if you are booing, mm-hmm. you know, let's use the easiest example, Kevin Durant going back to Oklahoma City. Like, the collective booing of Kevin Durant is like, okay, I acknowledge we've normalized this in sports culture, whatever. I'm not going to be the person who's like, that's so disgusting that they're mm-hmm. booing Kevin Durant. I'm not that person. Okay, so so situational booing. Yeah, I think for me, I've thought about this more since we talked about it earlier. Like, okay. I think it's the individual versus the collective. Like, mm-hmm. I, we've normalized booing in sports culture. It's fine, whatever. I'm not the person. You do you, whatever. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be judgmental about it. If I... I'm in a crowd and I turn to my left and I see an individual grown adult person booing another grown adult person. I'm just going to look at that person and think that person's whack. That's crazy. So what are you supposed to do if Draymond that Green one, is standing on the bench yelling at your entire section as, you know, you're trying to watch a playoff that. game? Kyle, the whole the whole it just comes with it. If we if Chris and I do this show and we have a bad show, I would expect somebody and they do on yes. the text line to say this is a trash show, yeah. or these are trash takes. The thing is, you're booing someone that is in a completely different... I think, to me, to be honest with you, I don't know how much booing happens. I'm going to take it there. I don't know much booing happens on in the floor seats. Like, if you're sitting right there on the floor, <laughs> and, and you're basically a millionaire as well, I don't think they're booing. I think that if you're in a completely different tax bracket than me, you're in the 1%, you do a job, right, where you get to play a game, you work your butt off, I get it, but you get to play a game, and that's what you get paid to do, and I'm going to watch you perform, and you are underperforming, and I paid to watch you I can boo you. I'm not calling you a bleep. I'm not calling you anything. But now you're making the – I get that boo is like the most convenient way to to voice displeasure with someone. Mm -hmm. Again, we've pretty much normalized it. But by – by making the straw man argument of like, oh, they're millionaires making a bunch of money. I just to think play it comes with the territory. I and that's think- fair, but it also is dehumanizing the people who you are actually playing. And I'm just going to sit there and just, I'm I'm not going to be the person who boos. Like in the yeah. Draymond Green situation, I would find that incredibly funny. And Draymond I don't even Green boo. And I don't even boo. I don't even boo. But if somebody feels like booing, it, that, that was family day. Also, what the is, Kings wait. tricked off that game on family day. I got my kids. I bought some $40 <laughs> nachos. Okay, I got to do all this, and y'all didn't since, show up. Also, since when is booing hurtful? Yeah, booing, I don't think it's. Like, I also don't we're think not, it's hurtful. Yeah, like I would they much rather you been boo trash. me than yell at me like what Russell Westbrook has been saying. Granted, it's the West Brick, but like yeah. I'd much well, rather yeah. you boo don't me my than than yell cupcake at KD yeah. all day. Like, but I, that's I, just because we've normalized booing. But what? Did, what do you? What do you mean we've norm? Like, what, right. what Normalized it in terms of what? It, like, how was it? Ba- how is it? Yeah. How is it hurting somebody tremendously to be? It used, years ago. Again, this is just historical mm-hmm. content. Like it used to hurt when teams got booed. Now people get booed and they don't e- like don't even bat an eye at it. It's the the West Brick stuff. It's the Isaiah Thomas yeah. going into the crowd. It's the disrespectful type but, of stuff but that I, takes it to another level. But in a weird way, I think that I think booing shows respect. So. Like I said, I wasn't in, I, in in Detroit these last two games in Detroit and Charlotte. You didn't hear boos. You didn't hear anything yeah. because there were no expectations. So I think booing is saying we expect more out of you Yes. instead of if you don't say anything. If if it was silent in Golden 1 when they're losing to the right. Pelicans 
then okay, you could say, well, if you're nobody a fan, blues a youth basketball game, right? Well, you never know these days. You never know these days. That's so true. I think in a weird way or in a in a, yeah. a different way, it's actually hey, we expect more out of you. If if you're, it's, it's the same thing when you played a sport or if you ticked off your parents. If your parents weren't upset that you got a D. That probably means they don't think you're very smart. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> you did your best, sweetie. You did your best. But if they're mad that you got a B plus, that's because they expect you to get an A. That's that's how I view it. That's totally fair. And I'm not the person who's going to come in here and be like, nobody should boo, all that stuff. Like, I wish that would be the case, but I, that's fine. Whatever. That's, people that, that, do that's their thing. That's not sports. You're right, you're, you're right that people paid, and so therefore they can do their – They There's can cross a line. An objective There's a line. There's line a that, line. Yeah, it depends on context and stuff like that. But it's just – So I we're think just not supposed to have any expectations for going into a game? I'm not going to do it by booing. So, so what's, how do you yeah, voice do your you displeasure? Voice well, personally, I would not. I'm just going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to. So you're just pizza. Well, all, all, no, by all the way, no, I'm going to turn to the person next to me and be like, oh, this sucks, doesn't it? Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, and, and you're probably, there's no way you're alone, Kyle. I don't think you're yeah. alone. I, I just, it's not, to be honest, we got to get to a break. It's less about you saying you wouldn't boo and more about your take on booing being whack yeah right i i think it is, it's not about you not wanting to boo yourself yeah, but no no but chris was asking me about like what i would personally do in that situation mm-hmm. like fair i'm not gonna be the person who's booing that's just not my mo but when i see other people do it it's like come on man really yeah. like, I hear like when i see philadelphia booing and i they see boo those, every other week those people in the the green hat like when they fan on the individual who like is cupping their hands to make sure yeah, that boo that AJ it's, Brown really don't hears forget, them. Like, don't forget, don't forget, fanatic is or fan is short for fanatic. Can never forget that. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, we will be joined by Seahawks writer, Seattle from Seattle Sports, Brandon Gustafson, to talk all things Pete Carroll. What's next for the rivals up north? Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Live and local, it's Styles and Watkins. Watch the show on youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We are joined by Seahawks rider for Seattle Sports, Brandon Gustafson. Brandon, thank you for joining us. And we really just wanted to see what is going on up north in Seattle. Were you surprised? We saw that you were in the press conference. Just take us through the last 24 hours. Yeah, been a little strange, that's for sure. I I thought that I thought going into this week it was a possibility that they always kind of uh, talk after the year about contingency plans. And obviously, Pete's not getting any younger, even if he acts like a little kid on the sidelines half the time. But uh, <laughs> you know what? What ultimately I think happened for me was I thought that once Tuesday passed, that it was just going to be kind of status quo. Maybe they fire a coordinator or two, do some coaching staff changes on the assistant side. But I thought once we got past Tuesday that that Pete was going to be back on the sidelines this uh, this next season. And obviously uh, that's not the case. And we had just a really kind of surreal day yesterday up here. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like it, it came out of nowhere from the outside looking in. Uh, and how much of this really was about Pete's performance these past couple of years and, and how much of it more so is about the future of the Seahawks? Yeah, it's it's a good mix of both. I mean, uh, Pete was asked, I think it was one of the last questions he, at, he was asked about, like, hey, if, 
if you guys would have made the playoffs, do you think this would have right. happened? And he kind of quipped, like, well, wouldn't have been today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I thought was just, you know, pure Pete in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, definitely got a good chuckle out of everybody. But, you know, they were 9-8 they were and eight last year. They were 9-8 and eight this year. They went 7-10 and 10 in, in Russ's last year. And, you know, you look at the, the entire body of work and you see, you know, Super Bowl title, Super Bowl appearance, 14 seasons, 10 playoff bursts. Well, they missed the playoffs two of the last three years, mm-hmm. right? So half of those half of those uh, those missed playoff seasons have come over these past three seasons. So I'm sure that was part of it. But Pete made it pretty clear too that a that a big part of it was the organization kind of just putting more power in John Schneider's hands. And Schneider's been the GM there the entire time Pete's been there in 2010. But I think a lot of people on the outside don't realize that. Pete's also been the executive vice president of football ops. So Pete has final say over every single personnel matter, every single trade that they make, draft picks, signing, et cetera. Schneider obviously had a big hand in all of that, but the, the buck stopped with Pete. And at least based on what Pete was kind of saying yesterday, it sounds like Schneider's going to have a lot more power. And that was a big part of why this was made as well. Talking to Brandon Gustafson, Seahawks writer for Seattle Sports. Brandon, what do you think the appetite is for Pete Carroll at this point in time, I mean, we had three Hall of Fame coaches move on in the last 24 hours. Do you think he wants to keep coaching? Do you think there are teams out there that would be interested? I know we talked about his age. What do you think actually ends up happening next for Pete Carroll? Yeah, i i would I would guess that his his time as a head coach is done. I, I don't. It, it, it's so hard to tell, especially because of the success of so many of these young guys. Right? Obviously, you guys down there. McVeigh and and Shanahan right like those those are kind of the still even just a few years later like that's the hot thing teams want the young offensive minded guys Ben Johnson from from Detroit's kind of the the big sexy name that that's out there in this coaching cycle and I I don't want to say like the game is totally passed Pete by but I'm sure that that's going to be in the back of a lot of people's minds Um, maybe Washington just because organizationally that's been such a a struggle to get just a real good strong culture there they have the new owner who could maybe want to go out there and make the big splash higher Pete made it clear too yesterday like he fought for his job he wanted to keep coaching it he was on our station on Monday and and said that multiple times he said it after the game on Sunday so I'm sure Pete still has an appetite for coaching I'm sure that he's probably going to take a few days to at least kind of reflect and think about what he wants to do but uh, personally I would be very surprised if he's on the sideline next uh, next fall Interesting. Brandon, yeah, you just kind of mentioned, you know, Ben Johnson in there and, and you know, the how, how, you know, those young, you know, flashy OCs are, are really the, the, the path that, in which it seems like the NFL is going uh, in the head coaching route. Where, where do you think the Seahawks look? Is, is it more so that direction? Is it going to be a younger guy or, or what direction really do you think uh, the Seahawks are going to look for their next head coach? Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, I'm really interested to see how fast they move on this and just what names get thrown out there. The first name that obviously came up was Dan Quinn who with the Cowboys right now, D coordinator. Obviously he was with the Seahawks back in the, the prime Legion of boom days. He was their D coordinator for both those Super Bowl runs. So personally, I, I feel like they're going to run for, for a defensive guy. And I think part of it is two of the guys I mentioned, you're in the same division as McVay and Shanahan, and they've had such a <laughs> really tough time these last few years uh, defending those offenses, got swept by both of those teams this year. Um, I, I think that another name that people probably aren't thinking about right now but is a name that if the Seahawks do take their time with all of this would be really interesting to keep an eye on would be Mike McCarthy because McCarthy was with Green wow. Bay, and John Schneider came from Green Bay. He was a front office executive. From what I heard, they're actually pretty close. 
So if, you know, if McCarthy's tired of Jerry Jones breathing over his shoulder, if Jerry Jones says, hey, Super Bowl or bust, otherwise you're canned, that, that's a guy that if the Seahawks don't move quickly would be someone to potentially keep an eye out for. Talking to Brandon Gustafson, Seahawks writer for Seattle Sports. Brandon, before we get you out of here, things are going to change now with the Seahawks and Niners rivalry. Just give us your take on the rivalry, what sticks out to you, and what's going to change now with Pete Carroll stepping down. I mean, we know obviously it was Harbaugh and Pete Carroll, and now it's Shanahan. What are some highlights from the rivalry, and, and what do you think happens to it going forward? Yeah, it's hard not to think about those years, you know, 2011 through 2014, just the the hard-hitting games between Pete's Seahawks and and Harbaugh's 49ers. Uh, I think it's it's pretty obvious, at least to me, I feel like it's going to be a bit of a step back, and the 49ers have obviously taken that rivalry back. I mean, Shanahan, for those first few years, he he couldn't beat Pete, even when he had some of those really, really good teams and whatnot. I mean, at at best, Shanahan was kind of splitting with them, but that's obviously turned over these last two, three seasons, and you know, I, I I don't think that the Seahawks are going to be a team that's probably next year going to be competing for an NFC West title. I, I think that based on just kind of who they have, their cap situation, the the veterans, the older guys that they're probably going to have to move on from, I think that this year is going to be a lot like what people thought last year was going to be, where it's maybe five, six, seven win team, really just kind of trying to find their young foundation and, and move forward from there. And obviously quarterback's going to be a big question. The easiest year for them to get out from Geno Smith uh, they they have 16 pick in this draft, so maybe this is the year that they they get a new coach in there, find their new quarterback, and uh, take that kind of step back before trying to take a step forward that they just never really did under Pete. Brandon Gustafson, Seahawks writer for Seattle Sports. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck to the Seahawks moving forward. It was a heck of a time to a legendary Hall of Fame coach, not just with the Seahawks but also with USC. Brandon, thank you so much for spending some time to talk, Pete Carroll. Yeah, you bet, guys. See ya. All right, you got to get to a break. When we get back, continuing to talk about the coaches, also getting back into some Kings talk. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. The NFL's leading rusher plays here. The handoff to McCaffrey walks in the end zone. Handoff to McCaffrey takes it right down to the goal line. He does his thing again. McCaffrey goes in motion right, backwards pass led by Juszczyk, a block there. Hurdles a man, 10-5, touchdown! See. You can hear all of Christian McCaffrey's touchdowns on your home for 49ers football, Sacktown Sports. Sacramento has a new tag team in the midday. It's Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Taking you up to 2 p.m. Thank you again to Brandon Gustafson, Seahawks writer for Seattle Sports. I don't know what they do. I didn't honestly, I didn't realize. I know they won probably more than they were supposed to. Yeah. I didn't realize they had the 16th pick. I didn't either. Yeah. That's that is pretty not, hopeless. Yeah, yeah, you gotta quite make literally a trade the middle. something to get on up there. You, You're not getting you looking either. like you and JJ McCarthy. JJ range, McCarthy range, exactly. You know, I don't think you you won on Michael that. Penix, local kid. Yeah. That makes sense. And I have heard that before as well. Michael Penix, who dropped a little bit from the the week before when he balled out against the Texas Longhorns. What'd you think the, of those uh, those coaching candidates Brandon threw out there? Surprising. Dan Quinn. How about Dan the uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was 
Well, him and Kyle Shanahan have some familiarity with each other, don't they? Yeah. From well, those Falcons days. Well, look, I'm going well, to say the same thing that I've been saying. I think the Niners are set up for success for a while. Yeah, as long as Kyle's there, yeah. But you need to get this Super Bowl now, okay? Mm-hmm. It's feeling very – it's feeling – it's, it's just a matter of – it's just a matter of the season and it's a matter of the situation. I think the Niners are going to be – in contention. Maybe it is the start of a dynasty. It very well could be, but it's really hard. And this is a da- this is somewhat of a down year. Let's be completely honest with in the some, NFL. In the NFL okay. with like, some of the in- right no, with like, some of the injuries that we've had to quarterbacks yeah, and things like that. For sure. Go ahead and get it done now because I I think that you have some time. Okay, the Rams I think will be back and stronger way. next mm-hmm. season. Then you have the Seahawks, who is going to take them a couple years. So your division, you're going to have your – and the Cardinals are a mess. So you're going to have your division locked up for a while. It's not a matter of winning your division to me for the Niners, which they've been doing anyway. It's going to come down to the Cowboys always trying to do something. What the heck happens with the Eagles and the AFC team? So it's less about – I guess I I should have said it differently because it's less about the Seahawks and more about just the fact that – you got your you got your licks in against the Seahawks. They're going to be good in a couple of years, so let's hope you just have a couple Lombardis. Yeah, in the and meantime. that number sixteen pick could be something great. It could be EJ Manuel, who was picked with the sixteen pick in twenty thirteen. Florida State's finest, or Brian Burns, or Marlon Humphrey, or okay. Zaven Collins. There are some there. They, I don't know if they trade up to be honest, because they need more, right? Yeah. So you're not going to give up to to get one guy yeah. unless there's a guy that you really want and you're – what are you willing to give up? Are you yeah. trying to get into the Caleb Williams conversation? Michael Penix honestly scares me just because of the injury. Yeah. I think it would be a great story, and he's a lefty, so I got love for him. I know what, he's he one of my types too, Chris. Almost. Uh, just a lefty, the lefty part. No, just stop that. The lefty all right? part is so, – yeah. I think it's a great story, mm-hmm. but he got even got banged up in the national yeah. championship. His ankle was getting worked on. His rib. He was. Do you see him walking into the tunnel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. That man's twenty five, going on forty. I gotta be honest with you, brother. You gotta. You gotta fake it till you make it. Yeah. If you. If the. If the knock on you is that you've been injured, mm-hmm. he's walking alone. Looking like me after I tore my Achilles trying to just scoot around before I, I got it worked on. I just don't think yeah. it was a great final look. Unfair as it may be, and I'm not saying it's not, but I just don't think it was a great final look if I'm a scout. And the one thing I'm worried about with this guy right. is all the injuries he had yep. prior to he's getting to Washington. And too. he's older. Yeah. I think he'll still get picked, but I was thinking about course, that. Yeah. Man, can you just... Fake it. Yeah. Just get into the locker room. Yeah. No, and I think that's where the second round, you know, guess comes. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, especially in today's NFL, if you're not one of the two Kyle's point kind of about EJ Manuel, like mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're a quarterback and you're not getting taken in that top five, what does that say about really the guy you're going to be? Of course, there's still the Lamars and there's still the Brock Purdy's of the world, but it's also, you know, the fact that Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback taken in that draft and he went probably around that 22. 16 range. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you. Yeah, like, you know, that that 
or Mac Jones getting picked 15. It was like it's the drop off, right? Because you're going to have Caleb, Drake May in whatever order. Yep. We'll have that conversation when it's time. Jaden Daniels might be in there. Jaden Daniels. And then you have the the guys who just played, the J.J. McCarthy's. Yep. And I would put, I would obviously put Penix over J.J. McCarthy. Well, and then there's going to be one team who thinks they can get something out of Bo Nix, too. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's yes. going to be that team that the thinks. The smartest team at the draft who took, that's the Daniel Jones guy. The Daniel Jones team. Who will be the Daniel Jones Someone team? Someone believes they can, They see a, a big slinging arm quarterback, and they're like, I can make that work. And Bo Nick, is this the oldest draft? Is this the oldest NFL draft? Probably. And this might be the end of the – this is probably the end of the COVID should be. guys, right? 2024. Yeah, yeah, next year should be kids. the last year yeah. of the extra year got of it. eligibility. Got it. Okay, because I'm thinking, man, and you got the transfer portal. Yeah. You got guys, I mean, you know uh, – I saw Tua's brother is trying yeah. to get. Did you see this story? So Tua's brother is I think trying he was at to Maryland, get, right? Yeah, he was at Maryland. But what happened was, and I don't, I maybe this was always his plan. What happened was he took, I think, two, literally two, two zero or two, W Z O right? Yeah. Many or two snaps that made it two O O too many snaps. In order for him to oh redshirt while he was at Alabama and he came in for Tua when Tua got injured. So he's saying, I was doing it to honor my brother, right? I wasn't doing it to actually play. Sure. So he's trying to get that six year back. Brother, my if goodness. you don't just become your brother's agent and keep it pushing, <laughs> just keep it come pushing. on now, man. Just keep it pushing, bro. Come and on. he had like the most passing yards in the Big Ten, something yeah. like that, but nobody's talking about him. So that's probably. Probably a, a ceiling thing. Yeah. If you don't just become your brother's agent and stop this madness. Chill, bro, He's going to yeah. be in that Max Duggan group of like, oh, hey, this guy got taken in the sixth round. Just, uh, no, but I, I don't think he's going to get – I think that's why he's trying to go back and get that NIL money. I don't know where he's trying to transfer. But, yeah, he took two additional snaps, which made it too many in order for him to get uh, – which, which took him out of redshirt category. And he's trying to get that year back. To go back to the uh, Seahawks, I'm curious what if you're so you're missing out on on the top of the draft. You're missing out on presumably the top three. We'll just say the top four to to make it cleaner. To say you know there's not another quarterback that's projected until the second round. If you're mm-hmm. a team like the Seahawks and you know maybe the Raiders fall into this category a little bit. I think a little bit less so because they're higher up in the draft, but. Where where would you want your team to go or to look at at the quarterback position if you're missing out on those top guys, but you're in a Seattle situation where I don't really want to run run it back with Geno? Like, do you look at the Jimmy Garoppolo route? No. I mean, are you looking at the Kyler Murray route potentially? Nah, it's too cold. Derek Carr? No. Like, what, what? Oh, my at goodness. At some point, you got to say yes to somebody. You know who you know? I want? <laughs> Give me Trey Lance. Funny you mentioned Trey Cut Lance. His mic. Uh, Cut his mic. Trey Lance is younger than Bo Nix. That's of crazy. Of course yeah, he is. that's a funny. I know. Statue. I am interested. Kyle, though. you're probably younger than Bo Nix, aren't you? I am. Oh, yes. Kyle is definitely. But that's than that's easy. In fairness, we're both born after 2000. But yeah, I'm a good bit younger. Than I Bo am. Nicks. I am curious. If, if Trey Lance, this will be the season if he's if we find out if he's just really bad. If nobody even comes calling for him, if he's third string on the Cowboys again. Okay, Chris, how about this? Huh. If he's third string on the Cowboys again yeah. to start next season, I will not no utter the names Trey Lance again on these airwaves. Uh, th- 
there's no way you could pay him as much as he's being paid to be your third string. So you That's think somebody problem. somebody's got to like take a risk on him? Somebody has to, right? Has to, has to. Even if it's like Atlanta or so, somebody. That's what I'm has thinking. To just see, there's got to be something here, right? That I'm saying, if you're Seattle and you're stuck, even if you're not planning on starting him, just yeah. to have him in the competition to say like, we're trying to find an answer. This is what I would do, and I I know the problem is the. Pro- I don't even know how far that price tag goes. He keeps moving around, and that 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 contract has to end soon. You bring in, you go out. I okay. What's wrong with getting a? Uh, if you are fifteen or below, you get a JJ McCarthy and get a Trey Lance and see what happens. Because the problem is, you might end up with no quarterback. I that's, guess that's also possible. <laughs> like, if but I'm, I would yeah. take those two before I give Jimmy Garoppolo another chance. Jimmy specifically, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, I I might even be there with Derek Carr too. I don't care. How many touchdowns he threw in week 18? It, it, I, you know, I, I, I personally, if I were running an NFL team and there were no risks and I didn't have to care about being mm-hmm. fired, sure. If, if this is Madden, yeah, I'm definitely taking that risk. That sounds a lot, uh, a lot more like you're gonna find an answer if you take a risk on two young unknowns than bringing in Derek Carr. But the reality of the situation is all these dudes are trying to keep their job and no, you know, they're fair, trying to win as many games as possible. Yeah, normally you do one and the other. So yeah. you give Derek Carr a last hurrah yep. and then you draft yeah. Michael Penix. You so wouldn't he go can join at any point. In yes, season. yes. You wouldn't go Penix and a trade. You wouldn't go two question marks, yeah. basically. Yeah. At least you might not think this guy is very good, but you wouldn't go two question marks. All right, I would just get- always have Gardner Minshew as my backup at all. Gardner times. Minshew or Taylor Heineke. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton Andy Dalton's somewhere. Super solid. Has it, the season hasn't started until Andy Dalton has taken a snap. Did he yep. take a snap? This yes, season? he did. Yeah, he played it, a full yeah. game for the. Panthers, yeah, that's right. Because Bryce Young had the. Yeah, he can't concussion? do. He, and Bryce Young can't do quarterback sneaks. They Andy Dalton is essentially, if your team signs Andy Dalton, you're drafting a quarterback. There you go. You could, Dwayne Baker on the sack chat before we get to a break. For the Raiders, bring in Jake Browning Ooh. and Michael Penix for the Raiders. I like that. I know the Raiders circle I've been in have been talking about Fields and also Jaden right. Daniels, right? So that that yeah, I am I am interested to see what happens there. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, crosstalk, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. and local it's styles and watkins watch the show on youtube.com slash sacktown sports 1140 or listen on the sacktown sports app styles and watkins sacktown sports joined by kevin michael whitey gleason of hello drive guys hello the whitey and jay today whitey you're not happy with I don't know, because are you not happy with me or Chris or both about the whole side or the whole coalition of Kings fans? Because that was a hot topic on this show, Sasha's playing time. You said you said to me, you came and sat down, and you said, Alan, I would glue Sasha to the bench. No, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know if I heard that. That's not what I said, but you don't... <laughs> You don't need to exaggerate because I think I have a pretty extreme stance. First of all, I don't know that I could ever be mad at Chris. Okay, so just I me. I don't know. Okay. Yes. You, yes. <laughs> okay, I fair enough. It's one thing for you to tweet, where's Sasha? You're already bad defensively. Yeah. But uh, it, uh, where, where is where, he? Where's the lie? Yeah. Well, you. it implies that you're either bad or you're good. 
on defense. If you're bad, you can't get any worse. So that's what, right. That's not true. No, but Sasha's not that's, that bad. That's, Chris, yeah. he's not that bad on he's, defense. He's really – he hasn't been terrible, Whitey. Like, every time we see him out there, I think the ex- – maybe he's just better than what we expected because, frankly, I think we were all expecting him – to just be like, you know, that that video of Rudy Gobert getting completely turned around by yeah. Steph Curry. I think that was kind of like what I had in mind yeah. for what Sasha's He's a better defender was. than Jordan Poole. Well, <laughs> so is this. <laughs> Whitey is coming in hot today. Whitey is not having it today at all. Please That's continue. True. That's true. At least this guy has his hands out. Come on, man. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Whitey, can I yeah. – something yesterday, or not even just yesterday. Trey Lyles took uh, Sasha's minutes, by the way. He did. He yeah. sure did. And what's wrong with that? Nothing at all. Um, every time Sabonis does something crazy, it feels like it. he's breaking or, or you know, in the conversation with Oscar Robertson as the only other people to do it. I'm just curious, like, as someone who knows – Oscar Robertson mainly as somebody who's just been a malcontent who hates how current basketball is played. <laughs> how like how ridiculous was Oscar in his time? Like where was he regarded in terms of the the pantheon of players because I mean his numbers are just uneclipsable some of them. Yeah, Oscar was a little before my time. I just remember very late Oscar. Sorry like for just in. assuming that no, you no, would no. know I everything it. about I'm, Oscar. I'm I'm flattered. <laughs> Uh, you know, he played for the Cincinnati Royals. Right. You asked Jerry, our buddy Jerry yeah, Reynolds, about Oscar. I know Oscar. he's got it all. The best, I think the most, the clearest way I can say it based on my understanding is you had Oscar who begat Magic, who begat LeBron. Okay. You know how you can follow yes. certain guys? There's like for a sure. lineage of players. Right. Jordan, yeah. Kobe. So Kobe that big yeah. do-it-all point guard that also played some kind of like a forward. Yeah. Oscar. Magic, LeBron. And, you know, that's pretty good company. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because, yeah, the numbers he puts up definitely that, that yeah. tracks because it's it's the rebounds, it's the assists. Uh-huh. But it's also, I mean, I know he played with, with Kareem, but I think it was Lou Alcindor actually at the time. But, like, it's just – it's ridiculous. And the numbers that, that you look, it's – it's, I mean, you know, for sure some Wilt Chamberlain's numbers from those from that era looks broken. But right. Oscar's numbers are just as broken, and it feels like it was before – Triple doubles were even an actual stat that anyone I think, tracked. I, yeah, I don't think he was aware of it because I don't think anybody really yeah, did that. It's just crazy. Kept track of that. Yeah, and we're going to keep track of this right here. Changing the subject, huh? No, I'm <laughs> getting back to you. No, no, no. I'm getting, no I, and I actually have more ammo for when I get back to you. After this, pair of lift tickets to Sierra at Tahoe. Pull up. Park Ski, yep, it's that easy at Sierra at Tahoe. Sacktown Sports has teamed up with Sierra at Tahoe this winter, and all you have to do is hit up the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline right now looking for caller number four to win a pair of lift tickets to experience Sierra at Tahoe this winter. Terms and conditions apply. For more information, visit sacktownsports.com 916-339-1140. 916-339-1140. Caller number four, and Kyle will take care of you, 916 916- 339-1140. If you want a pair of lift tickets to Sierra at Tahoe, you want to get out there snowboarding, skiing, get some hot chocolate, take care of it, call in, and we got you. Now, this is what I was saying, Whitey. Back to back to what I was saying. By the way, By the Joel way, you, Embiid yeah. out tomorrow. Ooh. Out tomorrow. This is from Jason Anderson 17 minutes ago. Joel Embiid out tomorrow, and you have Robert Covington, and here's a name, Kenneth Lofton Jr., 
also out. So that's three guys out tomorrow. The big one, Joel Embiid. So we'll see how the Kings respond. It's been almost more dangerous on days like this. Jake Fisher is reporting. This is a little bit different as well. Just more news to get through. I keep hearing, this is a quote, I keep hearing Andrew Wiggins' name attached to the Indiana Pacers. So that is something to monitor as well. Whitey. Kyle Draper wants Wiggs here. I do it not. looks bad. I, right. Here's my thing with Andrew Wiggins. That year that everyone's alluding to in 2022 uh-huh. was the only year he played like that. Right. So why are we assuming that he's going to get back to that when all the other years he looked more like this? Yeah, he just looks to me like a guy that um, he's a good guy. It just looks like he's just not really – he's kind of lost his zest for basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, great third option. You thought he'd be a great third option, and he just – if you throw in Moody, maybe we can talk. If you throw in Moody, who maybe. has a calf injury, that's a little bit scary. We'll see how – and now you're changing the subject. Because here's where I'm at. We sat there at the game. Yeah. We sat there at the game, and you did the same thing. You said, Allen? Is it Allen? Stop talking about JTA, or I'm going to drive up there. And what has happened? JTA is locking down Paulo Bancaro. <laughs> JTA is locking down Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. So you want to go? I know you got your key on Ellis. That's a W for you. But that was with Draper, not me. I got you on JTA. And now do you want this again with Sasha? Where are we with JTA now? JTA is nowhere near. You said he was better than Harrison Barnes. No, I never said that. No, I never said he was better than Harrison Barnes. I'm staying out of this, gentlemen. I'm staying out You absolutely said that. I said he could do some similar things. (laughs) You said he was better than Harrison Barnes. I don't recall that, Whitey. When when did I say that? Well, I had a witness, but he apparently wants to recuse himself. No, Which is fine. Look, I don't remember I can't saying keep up that. With your guys's argument. No, I I don't remember saying that. I said JTA <laughs> can get some solid minutes and be a, a, there a was player. A, another person the there who said, decide. "There's no way JTA is as good as Harrison Barnes." That was what the other person was there said. At the time. If I said that, it was tongue in cheek. I, I think that no. If if I think that JTA gets some solid minutes, and that's what he's doing. He's back on the 10-day. And I just want to say, hey, he's getting on the floor. He's a nice player. He's a I, nice player. Yeah, it's a nice story, but he's not as good as Harrison Barnes. I don't think so either. And I've been trying. Chris, could, he will back me up on this. I've been trying to get Sasha traded since freaking June. That oh, is true. Yeah. No, he's he's not, hey, here. He's, you cannot he's say right. that when no. we only have Whitey's about correct. 10 yep. seconds left in the show. He Whitey, that was great stuff. One of our most electric <laughs> crosstalks. You. I know you're going to take it into the show. You and Jay got everybody for the drive, guys. Whitey Gleason, Jay Johnson coming at you. Thank you to Kyle and, of course, it's Chris Watkins and myself, Alan Styles. Until tomorrow, secure the bag, light the beam. Light the beam.